Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What up, fam? It's me, your host, Nick. What, 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 what? I'm talking like a disc jockey out of the 90s there for you. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News, team. Team, I don't know why I'm calling you team. I'm, I'm still in work mode, apparently. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. What, what? What, 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 I'm on another level today. Anyway, welcome to the show. If you've never been here, happy to, happy to have you. You're like family to me. If you've been listening this whole time, you're like family to me too. Welcome back. Happy you guys are, are sticking with it. Week after week after week after sometimes I have a lot of nonsense going on. Sometimes I'm, I'm not. But we're, we're going to have a good week. Good week this week. Not not a whole lot going on, but hey, hey, that's that's okay that that happens. But we are going to talk about Godzilla vs. Kong. That is a most definite thing that's going to happen today. And we're going to talk about some other things. Not Like I said, not a whole lot, but hey, that's okay. Star Trek Day was Monday. Yes, Star Trek Day is a thing now, so I don't know if you guys know this, but in Star Trek lore, uh, there's a thing called First Contact Day. If you've seen Star Trek First Contact, a great movie, 25 years old this year. Uh, it's the second Next Generation film. Uh, it's uh, They go back in time, make sure that humans you know, meet Vulcans for the first time. So that's First Contact Day, when, when humans first met with the Vulcans. So it's a, it's a big deal. It's April 5th. Granted, it takes place in like 2070, so I, I don't know how you celebrate something that hasn't happened yet yeah 2063 so i don't know how we celebrate something that happens in uh 42 years but hey hey this is sci-fi right (laughs) but hey you know what as always like subscribe share poke fun throw uh, whatever you guys do as always just do that And before we go down a rabbit hole that we won't be able to get out of, let's just jump right into it today, shall we? With what's going on in the video game world, friends. Huh? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. Or do I? I, I do. Hence why you're coming to Nick's Nerd News. But anyway, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, so Sony Japan Studio, which is a, a long-standing studio in, in in Sony's repertoire for the for PlayStation brand... Uh, you know, they recently put out Demon, the Demon Souls remaster. They've done Gravity Rush, Bloodborne, The Last Guardian, all these things. They work with Project IO a lot too, as you can see. Anyway, uh, they they made a lot of games, and l- recently there's been a lot of talk about possibly Sony closing the studio, their their sole studio in Japan, and they recently reorganized it. Uh, around their team, Asobi, who is the team that made Astro's Playroom for PlayStation Five, and they're essentially like almost getting rid of first-party development. Um, and if anything, it will shift to to PlayStation Studios, other studios that that is. And a lot of key members have left the studio. Uh, the the director on the Demon Souls PS5 remake, Gavin Moore, uh, he left the studio after 24 years there, which is huge. And other people, um, Brendan Pritchard, who served as global relations on The Last Guardian, left left the studio. 
Gravity Rush character designer Shonsuke Saito. Uh, Kentaro Motomura left. Uh, other in executive producer Yasutaka Asakura uh, worked on Gravity Rush, Bloodborne, Shadow of the Colossus. All of them have left. Um, the Silent Hill director Keichiro Toyama. Uh, Junya Akura. And a lot of other people that worked at the studio on these games have all left um, in 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 the last few months. And all right, so they they do have one studio left in Japan, which is Polyphony Polyphony Digital, um, which has made all the Gran Turismo games. But it 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 looks like I don't know if they're like not focusing on Japan anymore. It's weird. It really is because you'd think, hey, it's Sony. They they'd keep things at home going strong, but. But it's very strange to see that that studio go under. Well, I guess not go under per se, but very interesting though to to see things like that happen because they've been around since '94, um, making games on the original PlayStation, and, and here they are, pretty much going under. But we'll see how that plays out in the future. But nonetheless, it's it's interesting to see Sony like essentially end a studio like that that's been their right hand for the longest but in other news mlb the show which which uh, we announced a while ago was finally coming to xbox for the first time well in what everyone thought was an april fool's joke but actually came out on april 2nd mlb the show is launching an xbox game pass on launch day but apparently this is from the mlb so you have to remember the mlb Technically, while Sony makes the game and it was exclusive to Sony platforms, it was the MLB who pushed them to allow it to go to Xbox. And the MLB is actually publishing the Xbox version. So, in in this, I guess this was per PlayStation, they were being interviewed by Inverse, and they said, quote, As part of the goal for this year's game, MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans. This decision provides a unique opportunity to further establish the MLB The Show as the premier brand for baseball video games. Uh, unquote but it doesn't say how it came to game pass exactly just that it it was coming to xbox and that i i still can't believe still can't believe it's coming to game pass that's huge it was a playstation exclusive for the last 15 years right since 2006 and now it's coming to xbox and then it's just going straight on to game pass right away too that is wild. That is crazy and wild. Especially for a Sony-produced game. Yeah, remember, Sony makes this. It's no one else but Sony and the MLB. The show on Game Pass. That's crazy. That's so crazy to me. Anyway, yeah, and it was not an April Fool's joke. That's crazy. Uh, if you were waiting for LEGO Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, well, unfortunately has been delayed again. But we do not have a launch date, unfortunately. They And to be honest, I thought that game was like ready to go. Because it's practically a remake of, of the old ones. So I, I don't understand why it keeps getting delayed. Unless like Lucasfilm and them are holding it back. I don't know. I actually don't know. It's strange, though. Uh, also, oh my god. I just talked for like 15 minutes and it wasn't recording you guys just missed an awesome conversation i just had with myself anyway it's about xbox winning twitter's best of brand tweet championship thing 
that Xbox ended up winning. Uh, they beat Skittles by 1% in the final thing of the bracket, because it was a bracket pretty much, and uh, Xbox's Aaron Greenberg promised that if, if they... Um, if they won, they would start producing the Xbox Series X mini fridges, similar to the, the full-size fridge that they gave to, like, Snoop Dogg and stuff. But they're going to make the mini Xbox Series X mini fridges because they won the contest. And I'm really stoked, and I hope they really, really do, because I would actually want one. And I'm just really mad that my original thing I had to say on the matter didn't get recorded, because it's, it's not the same. Oh, just it won't it won't ever be the same. I gotta be careful with my notes because I hit the space bar and it stops recording. <laughs> Sad. Anyway, a sealed copy of the original Super Mario Brothers recently sold. Yes, sealed, and it broke records for most valuable game collectible ever for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's right, a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers the original sold. For six hundred and sixty thousand um, dollars, I'm looking to see. Uh, it was sold by Heritage, Heritage Auctions, so it was was through an auction house, and it didn't have the Game Pack Nest GP code because it wasn't it wasn't perfect. It was a fourth run, so that's it probably would have fetched more if it was the original. But this this one was. Wild man, six hundred sixty thousand dollars for a Mario game. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, also announced, Respawn Entertainment announced that with season nine, the upcoming season nine for Apex Legends, they will be adding a lot, like a, a boatload of of Titanfall content to the game. Because remember, Apex Legends takes place in the Titanfall universe. I think it takes place several years or decades after the games. So if you're still playing Apex, keep an eye on that for, for Season 9, and I'm sure it will bring a, quite a few people back um, who are big fans of Titanfall. I, I, I wonder if they're teasing Titans. I don't think that's going to happen, but it'd be wild if they did. Um, IO Interactive, or IOI, the makers of, of the Hitman franchise, uh, recently sat down with, with IGN's Ryan McCaffrey, um, he hosts a, a show called um, Unfiltered on on uh, on IGN that he does. He, he used to do it monthly. I know some things have happened with the pandemic and everything, and he's actually one of the he's one of my favorite people in in the industry, and he he's one of my inspirations. Uh, he sat down with the head of IO Interactive, and they spoke about the uh, their upcoming James Bond game as they put um, they they take a break from Hitman for a while. And uh, they say it will be an original story, but it will also draw from the whole franchise and 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 it, like story of James Bond as a whole. So don't don't um, don't expect it to not use stuff from the past, but it will build off of all of it. Which I, I'm excited to see. I'm I'm down. Like don't get me wrong. I just want a new James Bond game. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. Um, and uh, switching gears back to PlayStation here for a second. So with Game Pass getting the show, and they're actually getting GTA Five back again this week, uh, if you're if you have PlayStation Five or PS4 and you have PlayStation Now, well, you can get Marvel's Avengers, well, and Borderlands Three, but you know Marvel's Avengers, that big tier game. <laughs> oh, people were dragging it on on online. It was actually kind of funny. It's like, well, what the hell? 
<laughs> yeah, anyway, you can get Borderlands 3 and um, Marvel's Avengers starting next week or later in the month. Sorry, excuse me. Um, if you guys are big fans of Diablo 2 and are excited for Diablo 2 Resurrected, you can sign up this week to possibly get invited to the Alpha PC test, uh, which is expected to t take place this weekend. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, also announced, E3 will be returning this year as an all-digital event. Um, it will take place from June 12th through the 15th. Um, Microsoft, Nintendo, Capcom, Warner Brothers Interactive, a lot of, lot of companies are going to be involved. Um, still no word from Sony. Seems like they're going to be sitting out for the third year in a row. And um, not sure what's going on there. I'm kind of surprised they're uh, doing that again, but... We'll see if, if they pull in. Granted, they said it was all early, so things could change um, in, in the coming weeks and months. Also, uh, today, actually, EA announced that it has patented a new adaptive difficulty system. Um, and apparently it's, it will uh, dynamically adjust its difficulty level. Um, per the patent, which was filed last October... And it is described as a system that can, quote, uh, automatic granular adjustments to a game in order to change the difficulty for the experience, unquote. Um, they, uh, IGN says similar systems exist in Resident Evil 4 and Left 4 Dead. Um, and also, quote, this is from the patent itself. It says, quote, review historical user activity data with respect to one or more video games to generate a game retention prediction model, unquote. So I guess it's all about them just trying to get you to play the game longer. Um, not a whole lot sure. Uh, EA also said, quote, software developers typically desire for their software to engage users for as long as possible, unquote. That's true. Another quote from them says, one of the challenges of game development is to design a game with a difficulty level that is most likely to keep a user engaged for a longer period of time, unquote. And... Uh, it's all about difficulty. I don't know if that would keep someone playing, because if it keeps getting harder, they might get frustrated and just toss it. So, I don't know I don't know what the motivation is there. Uh, it's a cool thing if it actually comes to fruition. Uh, and then our, our final bit of gaming news today. So, Bioware has been dropping a whole lot of information on, on Mass Effect Legendary Edition, you know, the remastered of the trilogy. Uh, this is, of course, before it drops in June. And they actually put up a, a, on the PlayStation blog, and they they put out some of the, the differences in, in the gameplay and rebalancing, tuning, mechanical improvements. Uh, they, they've chained combat almost, almost completely in the original game. Um, it will still play out where it's got like a, a timeout function where like it wasn't ammo or anything like that. But it, it plays a lot smoother. They put out a lot of videos. It, it runs smoothly. There's no more choppiness or anything like that. Um, they've improved the Mako, which is the like the vehicle in the first one. And they've just... Everything looks crisper and cleaner. And it doesn't have those like jagged edges that Mass Effect sometimes had back on the 360. And they, they fixed gunplay. And it just... There's a lot of, of things. So this is... From the PlayStation blog, um, this is what they did in the first game. So it says, quote, Shepard can now sprint out of combat. Melee attacks are now mapped to a button press rather than automatically occurring based on proximity to an enemy. 
Weapon accuracy and handling has been significantly improved, including reticle bloom is more controlled. Weapon sway removed from sniper rifles, aiming down sights, tight aim, camera view has been improved. Improved aim assist for target acquisition. All relevant enemies now take headshot damage in the first game. Uh, previously, some did not, including human humanoid enemies. Ammo mods, anti-organic, anti-synthetic, etc. can now drop throughout the whole game. Previously, these stopped dropping at higher player levels. They are now also available to purchase from merchants. All weapons can be used by any class without penalty. Uh, specializations, the ability to train upgrade certain weapons are still class-specific. Uh, weapons cool down much faster. Metagel usage has been improved. Inventory management improvements. Some abilities have been rebalanced. Weapon powers have been improved. So remember, I don't know if any... Uh, I don't know if any of you all remember, but Mass Effect 1 was way more RPG-focused than, than what 2 and 3 were in, in terms of third-person shooter. And, and the, the, the gunplay in, in the first game was not the greatest. Um, they've also now made some changes to squad mates. Um, you can command independently of each other, like in, in the first game now, like you could in 2 and 3. Uh, boss fights and enemies in the first game have been tweaked to be fairer for players, but still challenging. Cover has been improved across the trilogy. XP has been rebalanced in the first game. Uh, ammo drops have been rebalanced in the second game. Uh, of course, the Mako was changed almost completely. Um, everything's been... Uh, they also announced... So, across all three... Uh, quote, new unified launcher for all three games. Includes trilogy-wide settings for subtitles and languages. Saves are still unique to each game. Updated character creator options. Um, Femship from Mass Effect 3 is the new default female option in all three games. Um, trophies across the, the trilogy, and I'm guessing achievements as well, have been uh, updated. New trophies have been added to the trilogy. Um, some progress can carry over across all three games on those. Um, some trophies were streamlined into one and made redundant and were removed. A number of trophies had their objectives, descriptions, and or names updated. Integrated weapons and armor DLC packs. So everything from DLC is now in the game, uh, either by research or purchasing from merchants. Um, so that way, Mass Effect 2 and 3. The Recon Hood from 2 and the Cerberus Ajax armor from 3 are available at the start of each game. Um, and then also quality of life improvements. So, a, a lot of things going on. So, uh, you guys can check all that out on the, on the PlayStation blog and I think through Bioware. But all those changes are coming and cannot wait to play uh, later in May. And that is it for gaming. Let's go on to the TV land, huh? TV world, TV land. Well, uh, I finished Solar Opposites this weekend, uh, season two. And that is a great show. If you love Rick and Morty, you will love Solar Opposites. It stars um, Justin Roiland. He co-created the show, you know, voice of, of Morty and Rick, uh, as well as Mike McMahon, who also did uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. And he also used to write for uh, Rick and Morty. Well, uh, Solar Opposites is really good. Their first season dropped last year. The second season dropped about a week and a half ago. It It's really f fucking good. And they revisit... The subplot about tiny uh, people that have been shrunk down by one of the aliens and, th and thrown in like a wall society. Oh, I should clarify. It's about a show about aliens that are on Earth and, and like adapting to living. It's a great show that you need to fucking watch. And it's 
it's it's not for kids at all. Definitely not. Like Rick and Morty might, you know, have somewhat blur the line. This show is is hundred percent for adults. Like fucks get dropped on the reg. Definitely suggestive thing. There's a whole episode about BDE, big dick energy. So <laughs> um, definitely watch when the kiddies are the kiddos aren't around because that that's for damn sure. But it is a solid show. And season two was a was a great great continuation can't wait for season three um and and speaking of you know rick and morty and stuff uh, of course april fools was last week and uh not a whole lot of april fools jokes like in the past with a lot of corporate brands probably because you know just in general the how the world and life sucks right now for everyone one of the best ones was adult swims where they decided to like babyatize all their shows and they even had a full ad for like a baby rick and morty and everyone's like okay well now we need baby rick and morty like a, a thousand percent we need that but there was like baby space ghost baby metal apocalypse it, it, it was aqua baby force it was it was it was funny it, it was really good. It, there, there was a baby Carl riding a tricycle from Aqua Teen. So there's, there's, there's that. Um, but it, 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 of all the April Fool's stuff, that that had to be the best. Um, uh, Henry Cavill announced that The Witcher season two had wrapped filming. So season two of of The Witcher should probably drop within the next six to eight months. Probably going to be holiday again, just like season one. Or a lot of post production has to go into that show. Uh, the Last of Us is reportedly going to begin filming in Calgary. Yes, Calgary of all places. Uh, Calgary in Canada and, and Alberta uh, should begin filming as, as early as July. Um, of course, Pedro Pascal is, is playing uh, Joel, one of the main characters. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Loki. And it looks like they're going to be exploring a lot of different timelines. Um, and of course, fixing the timelines and a lot of Owen Wilson, which I'm I'm really stoked about. And and I described it to a friend as uh, Marvel's version of Legends of Tomorrow that will take itself way too seriously, <laughs> because it looks like he's uh, he has like a jacket that called him a variant, and he's going to fix timelines and such. Or that's that's what's implied at least in the show, considering he's from a a broken timeline himself, um, since he's the the Loki from. Um, Endgame that escaped from the original Avengers films uh, uh, proceedings. But that is set to premiere in June, and that trailer is online now. Uh, And then, um, as we get uh, a little bit closer here, um, did want to talk about... So, Jeopardy, of course, Alex Trebek passed away um, late last year. Or was that earlier this year? I don't know. It all blends together. Time blends together now. I think it was last year. Um, as, as ever, they're, they're on the search for a new host. And uh, a lot of people want LeVar Burton to host. You know, star of Star Trek and Reading Rainbow. And he himself has endorsed that idea, saying, tweeting out, like, hope the powers that be. And honestly... I I would I would be on board with LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy. He's got a he's got a nice soft t- t- teaching voice. You know, he hosted Reading Rainbow for so long. If anyone's like cut out to take over, it would uh, probably be him if it wasn't one of the greatest of all time guys. Um, but no no official replacement has been announced yet. 
Uh, and then, like I said, at the top of the show, yesterday or Monday was First Contact Day, or what we're going to call Star Trek Day, I guess, because I think they're going to do this from now on. Uh, they had panels and announcements, and most of which was trailers for, for all, all their shows. Unfortunately, nothing for Strange New Worlds, which is supposed to premiere later this year, but uh, we got a new teaser trailer for Star Trek Picard Season 2, which is underway, and confirmation that Q is returning. Thank fucking God. I, I don't know how you do a Picard show without Q. Um, you know, teasing that the, the trial never ended. And if you guys know anything about the next generation, it was, it was capped off, uh, and it started and capped off with, with Q and, and putting humans on trial and Picard especially. So it's perfect that Q is returning. It's, it, it's only fitting. Unfortunately, it wasn't in the first season. Uh, it was just a teaser though. Uh, and then we did see them on, on a panel talking to each other, confirming it. So we, we know he's coming back. Then we got a new trailer for season two of Lower Decks, which is show uh, the showrunner behind that and main producer is, is Mike McCann, who, like I said, works on Solar Opposites, and he worked on Rick and Morty. That show is great. That is one of the greatest Star Trek shows ever. Uh, so excited to see that. And then we got a new trailer for uh, Discovery season four. I'm very confused in that. It seems like the Discovery is going to be destroyed in some way, and they already got new uniforms again. They just got the new 31st century uniforms, and now they're getting another set of new uniforms, and wild things going on in the 31st century there in Star Trek land. Um, can't wait to see more when that show drops later this year. So all those trailers are online now. A lot of lot of teasers and things. Uh, in Lower Decks, it looks like we're going to get the return of Cardassians, which we haven't really seen since Deep Space Nine, and... Uh, another there was actually another tie into Deep Space Nine on the Picard trailer. There was a, a piece of of um, some kind of like a, a relic that was broken. It's actually a something that that came from Bajor in in Deep Space Nine that that Cisco destroyed. So it seems like we're getting a lot of tie-ins to DS Nine this year in Star Trek, which is never a bad thing. Um, and then the final bit of uh, TV stuff I wanted to talk about today. Uh, it's Falcon and Winter Soldier from last week. Very good episode. We finally go to Madripoor, which is a, a tie-in with with hopefully a lead into the 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 um, the mutants soon because Madripoor has a has a big history with with the X Men. And Sharon Carter is back, and now we kind of have more ideas of maybe where the power broker is or who it is and. A lot of people think it's Sharon right now. I don't personally think so. I can see why they think she might be because she does a lot of interesting things now in Madripoor and uh, she sells a lot of, of stolen artwork and things like that. So it, it, it could be believed that she is the the um, the power broker, but I, I don't think she would go that far. That, that'd be like a complete 180. I know she's been like abandoned by her country for helping Cap and shit after Civil War, but I don't... I don't see her going that deep into things, but uh, Zemo is out and about now, and somehow, it's really funny, a lot of the memes, people trust Zemo more than they do the new Captain America, and we got to see some more of his true colors, he's kind of an asshole, he really is, but uh, a lot of things I noticed, a lot of people were pointing out how you can tell where reshoots took place, uh, because a lot of things don't line up with what they seem to be like they were lining up with, but... If anything takes the cake, it's Zemo fist-pumping in the club in Madripoor. And that was great. Um, but that, that was a solid episode. I, I'm, I'm surprised at 
all the stuff that were in all the trailers, pretty much all that stuff's been shown in like the first couple of episodes. So it'll be interesting to see where the show goes from here then, or if that has to do with all the reshoots and how things change that much. So we'll see. But a solid episode, and I can't wait to see how the rest of the season goes. Um, and that is it for TV news this week. Let's let's wrap it up with movies here. Uh, unfortunately, Uncharted has been delayed yet again. Luckily, though, it's only by one week. So now it will release on February 18th, 2022, instead of February 11th, 2022. Uh, we also got a new trailer for The Suicide Squad. Uh, less gore and more exposition on the story. So this is a... Uh, more story-heavy one. It, it was actually... It's not a Red Band trailer, so it's it's not gory. It doesn't have language. It was actually... It played before Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters. And we got a little bit more idea about what's going on with the story. Not much, but uh, luckily we don't have to wait too much longer as, as the film drops in August. Um, and sticking with DC, in a surprise move, DC has actually canceled uh, the Ava DuVernay and Tom King written story, The New Gods which would focus on Darkseid, the, the High Father, and, and uh, all them, which, given the hype around Darkseid with the, the Snyder Cut, I'm, I'm very surprised that they would do this. Um, granted, I sitting back, I don't know how well that movie would have done, and, and I'm really upset that they're not doing it any longer, and I wish Darkseid and, and, and all them could have gotten more, more airtime, but... Unfortunately, it's not necessarily going to happen. But they also canceled The Trench, which was going to be a spinoff of Aquaman about those, like, piranha-looking dudes. The, like, the evil kingdom. And honestly, I, I don't care about that movie. I never did. I don't know why that movie got fast-tracked to begin with. Like, of all movies they were going to make, The Trench is one that really did not need to have, go into pre-production. So I don't really give a fuck about that movie, to be honest. So I'm more upset about The New Gods, because... Seeing, you know, seeing Darkseid, seeing the Furies, Granny Goodness versus, you know, um, God, why can't I think of his name other than the High Father and, you know, there'd be Big Barda, Mr. Miracle, and is it Orion? Why is, is why do I think his name is Orion? I think it is Orion. Hold on, let me take a look. Okay, yeah, it was Orion. I don't know why he thought it wasn't, but I, uh, that movie might have been like way too out there and extreme looking back uh on it so i i can understand maybe why they weren't going to move forward with that it sucks but it's happening we also got a new trailer for space jam new legacy and i've never been so like not sold on a movie in my life and part of it is because it's just like it's like ready player one 2.0 where they're just cramming in cramming in as many warner brothers properties as they can and like i saw like more close-up and stills and i'm just like they're forcing characters that don't need to be there. I don't give a fuck about LeBron, like, at all. And it just, like, I am not fucking feeling this movie in any way, shape, or form. And I I think, I, I think that's the other problem. It's just like, I don't give a flying shit about this movie. And nothing you're going to do is really going to make me want to pay money to see it in theaters. Like, this is a movie I'm definitely watching at home on, on HBO Max. If, if I, like, even care that much. It is 
it is not something that I'm going to go out of my way to see. I, I can say that wholeheartedly right now that I don't give a fuck about Space Jam A New Legacy. And uh, mainly because they're ruining a movie I loved as a kid. And it's like now they're facing the Goon Squad. And I'm like, what the fuck is the Goon Squad? And why? I like, I don't. I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know why they're forcing all these characters that don't need to be there. Like, just leave it as Looney Tunes, dude. It it doesn't need to be what they're turning it into, and they are. And it's Warner Brothers going for a cash grab. And, and honestly, I'm not surprised, because that's all Space Jam 2 really is at this point. Um, but we also learned that Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya is playing Lola Bunny, which, uh, okay... I don't even know who's... Are they using the ra- the main cast for the voices? Or are they going to fuck everybody over like they did with with um, with Scooby-Doo? Or Scoob, or whatever the fuck it was called. Let's see. Let's take a look at who's in Space Jam A New Legacy. And let's see if they're getting the actual people to voice the character. Okay, so we got the real Bugs... Um, the real Daffy, the real Porky, Zendaya is playing Lola Bunny, uh, okay, Jim Cummings, oh, Gabriel Iglesias is playing Speedy Gonzalez, I'm, I'm okay with that, and, um, alright, so pretty much everybody, everybody's here, so I'm, I'm okay with that, and then, um, a lot of, uh, NBA players and, uh, fem- uh WNBA players are in the game so we're cool jim carrey apparently is in it as the mask all righty then so that's a thing that we're doing in uh, 2021 Uh, this movie the thing that really jumps the shark though is the fact that there's a bunch of droogs from a clockwork orange like i'm i'm done dude like really the fucking clockwork so fucking stupid um, like that, that's more egregious than like, at least ready player one, it, it fit the fucking story. Right. Whereas this movie looks like it's taking place in ready player one. And that doesn't make sense, but, um, that's just, that's annoying. <laughs> anyway, uh, in sad news to report more and more egregious Joss Whedon allegations have come out today. Um, this time, they're uh, going out against Gal Gadot, and it also comes out uh, some more stuff from Ray Fisher. So they're anonymous sources and Ray Fisher himself, and it was in The Hollywood Reporter. And Fisher went on to say that once Wedden took over, he kind of turned into like a mini dictator. Uh, Fisher said that he tried giving him notes on on um, on cutting Cyborg's backstory and how it would cut his uh, change the representation. And apparently Wedden said, quote, it feels like I'm if it feels like I'm taking notes right now, and I don't like taking notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. Unquote. A- another person said, uh, this was an anonymous source said, "quote Joss was bragging that he's had it out with Gal. He told her he's the writer, and she's going to shut up and say the lines, and he can make her look incredibly stupid in this movie." Unquote. So, wow, uh, looks like he was trying to just force her to do things. Um, also Fisher brought up about how Wedden was pushing for Cyborg's catchphrase Booyah to be forced into the film. Um, it was never in Zack Snyder's cut. 
And John Berg apparently said, quote, this is one of the most expensive movies Warner's has ever made. What if the CEO of AT&T has a son or daughter and that son or daughter wants Cyborg to say booyah in the movie and we don't have a take of that? I could lose my job, unquote. Wow, okay, really? Who gives a fuck what executives... This is why Hollywood kind of sucks now because these giant corporations own the studios now and not, you know, movie makers. Uh, Fisher also said that uh, apparently in, in regards to Jeff Johns saying, quote, we can't make Joss mad, unquote. Jeff Johns' publicist denies this. I don't know about this. Um, then it came out today that Rene Jean Page, I think I'm saying his name properly, from Bridgerton, went up for a role in, in the sci-fi's DC show Krypton, and he was denied the role because of his uh, he was black. That's not looking good <laughs> with this coming out. Uh, parent, so Ray Fisher also said, quote, I don't believe some of these people are fit for positions of leadership. I don't want them excommunicated from Hollywood, but I don't think they should be in charge of the hiring and firing of other people, unquote. Um, he also was asked about how this might affect his career, and he said, quote, if I can't get accountability, at least I can make people aware of who they're dealing with, unquote. And of course, he was he was written out of the Flash movie, which just recently began filming. But hey, I, I stand with Ray Fisher. It sucks that he had to go through that because, as we see in the Snyder Cut, everything that, that Cyborg did was so much better in that version than whatever Joss Whedon crapped out and had them put out in theaters. But hopefully this is this is finally going to get people to wake up and realize the shitstorm that surrounds Joss Whedon. And apparently it's been going on forever and more and more stuff is coming out from the Buffy days as well. So, moving, moving forward... Um, Sylvester Stallone uh, will not return as Rocky in Creed 3. Of course, he played Rocky in all six Rocky films and, and Rocky uh, or Creed 1 and 2. Uh, and he officially retired the role of Rocky in 2018, he said. Uh, and with Michael B. Jordan directing his first movie in Creed 3, I guess it will be a, a Creed-focused story and, and no no Rocky, which... I'm okay with. I mean, got to move on at some point, right? It's uh, it's only natural. Uh, someone asked James Gunn when they're going to start filming Guardians of the Galaxy three, and he responded, "This year." So by the end of this year, they're going to start filming Guardians of the Galaxy three. So that will probably be a late twenty two or early twenty three film. And then uh, final bit of uh, movie news here before we go. Did want to talk about Godzilla vs Kong. I was able to watch it in a the theater. I'm so happy that theaters were open again. Uh, it wasn't IMAX, unfortunately, but that's okay. I, I still have quite a bit of time to, to always go back and watch and look for, for things I might have missed. Granted, with HBO Max, I can always do that at home, too. Do I want to? I don't know. Maybe I want to see it on a bigger screen. Anyway, this movie looks gorgeous. The detail on Kong, the detail on, on, Zilla, on Godzilla is, oh, wow, it's near perfection. And... It, this movie hits the ground running, right? It, it expects that you've seen Godzilla, um, Sk Kong, Skull Island, and God, uh, King of the Monsters. Like, it, it, it expects that you know everything going on, pretty much. Uh, we're introduced to a new character played by Brian Tyree Henry, who plays this, like, conspiracy podcaster, who's, like, my favorite character in the film by far. And this movie, do it doesn't sway in, like, getting to right into the action, Right. Like, Godzilla shit happens almost in the first, like, 15 minutes. 
Kong stuff happens right away. Their first fight happens within the first like 45, like half hour of the movie, which is nuts. And there's a lot of things though that raise questions for me because there's just all this shit going on. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa. Hey, huh? You can't just do that and not explain it. Now what's going on? Now there's a hollow earth. Now there's all this like infrastructure type stuff built up in the hollow earth. I want to see more monsters in the hollow earth. Does this tie into the hollow earth from, from, from King of the monsters? This is a different hollow earth. What's going on with this Kong battleground? How, who's making these axes and throne rooms? There's definitely aliens or some shit involved. Cause I, I don't think it was the monkeys doing this. There's a lot of questions I have. And then also apparently giant corporations have the money to just build like giant underground facilities in Antarctica now. And then also somehow like hyperloop stuff from, from Florida to fucking Hong Kong. Like, look, I know this is in like an alternate reality and it's like 2025 or some shit. And granted they built that giant airship in the last movie, but this seems like they had like another huge leap in technology and, and way more sci-fi stuff than I expected closer to Pacific Rim than I expected. Very similar to Pacific Rim now that I'm thinking about it. The Rift. Well, well, maybe we'll revisit this in a few years. Maybe something's going to happen where they tie in. I don't know. But I have so many fucking questions. And there's so many things that just do not fit with what happened in the other Godzilla movie. But I'm, oh, that's that's fine. That's, that's not what we're here for, right? It's just, we're not here to ask those questions. We're here to watch Big Monkey fight Big Lizard. And it delivers. Plus Big Robot Lizard. And it delivers. And I gotta say, I fucking love the movie. The music was fucking cool. Solid 8 out of 10. And only because there's all these new questions I have that don't make any fucking sense. There's a lot of callbacks to the old um, King Kong vs. Godzilla movie from the 60s. The human characters or whatever. The the deaf girl is probably one of the best characters in the movie. Because she can communicate with Kong. And like she's immune to a lot of the stuff going on. But uh, and, and then they waste Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick is a great actor. And then he he shows up towards the end of the movie and says all of, like, three lines. And I'm like, how do you get an actor like that and then just drop him in in a small cameo? Like, whoa, 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 man. And, like, Rodan or Mothra should have fucking showed up, okay? They, they really should have. But this movie was solid. I hope the MonsterVerse continues. I really dug it. I want to watch it again. Godzilla vs. Kong, solid 8 out of 10. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. If you're willing to go back to a theater, 1,000% watch it in a theater. And uh, hopefully in a couple weeks, we will be talking about Mortal Kombat, which I will also go see in a theater. But thanks, guys. That's it for Nixner News. Uh, as always, check out nixnerdnews.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast pages. Uh, that way you can take us with you on the go or where you can like, subscribe, and, and things like that. Um, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can see our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Post a lot of funny memes that are not mine. I, I do like to share other people's memes. I do not claim them as my own. And uh, sometimes I'll make my own. It's rare, though. But a uh, short episode this week, not a whole lot going on. Mainly just Godzilla vs. Kong. But uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.